to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey, and welcome everybody. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 129. Hard to believe. <clears throat> and we're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we're at. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys on a spiritual journey, and that we're glad that you're here with us. We've been in the study of the Ten Commandments, and just to give you a little update on basically what you what we do, in case this is your first time finding us, we take a, uh, a, a adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school lesson, and we go through it, and we kind of update it, and we apply it to a man's life. And just regular guys, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us are on this individual faith journey. And we're talking about stuff that you really can't talk about anywhere else. And if you've been joining us over the weeks, this is our 129th podcast, and you can find us on iHeartRadio. We're also on iTunes. All of our episodes are archived on SoundCloud. We're also on Facebook at Man-Up, and we have a uh, website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com where you can leave us a comment or you can actually find this stuff. And we have a really unique way of presenting this material because we understand that you're men and not everybody has a lot of time. Especially when you're a man, time is of the essence and it is very precious. Say you're a family man, say you're a working man, or and say that you're a volunteer and you're also a community person. Your time is precious, and we recognize that. So what we do is we basically basically have a panel discussion. We do an overview first, and maybe this will speak to you. And then we read the scripture, and then we have a deeper discussion. And so you're, you're welcome to join in by posting comments or, <clears throat> or just by listening along. And so we're so glad you're here. <clears throat> What we do is we also have guys that are very different and from different backgrounds here. And that's why we have a a panel discussion and we introduce the panelists not only by their profession, but basically what they do because you might identify from one or another's point of view a little bit more than the other. My name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a sales guy, but I'm kind of a writer, actor also. And if you might not, if you've listened to this and you've heard me as a host, you might recognize that I got a little edge today. I'm not in the best of moods, and you may not either. So you might really identify with me. I've had kind of a crappy week, and you know what? There's, you know that thing called fight or flight? There's also another thing called just dealing with it and walking through it as you're getting arrows shot at you. That's kind of the way I feel too because I'm I'm just feeling feisty and maybe you're feeling that way. And so I just wanted to go ahead and throw that out there as I introduce the panelists that we have today. And he is awesome. He is a world-class trainer at a Fortune 100 company. 
also kind of the intellectual, and we call him the professor. Robert Koshy was here. And we have a professional policy writer who's a bit of a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here. Just want to recognize a couple of guys that are our normal panelists that aren't here. Mr. Michael Cropper, he is a attorney, but he's also a prosecutor, so he could throw the book at you or he could defend you. Just depends on how he feels. We call him the judge and he's not here tonight. And Kyle Trahan, who is our class deacon, he's also an insurance guy. And this guy, he's got the ultimate man scam going on right now. Because what he is doing, he is in a camper at a campsite and working. So he's working in the day and he's camping at night. So that's I, I call that a man scam if I ever heard of one. So anyway, we have been in the Ten Commandments. And you know, honestly, I thought this was going to be like dry as eating a bag of oats. And I thought the discussions would be short. But this has been awesome. And it, it, for me personally, I have never really studied the Ten Commandments. I've read them before, but I've never really applied them or actually even really kind of thought about them. It's really been kind of convicting. But as I go through this, this faith journey myself, yeah, I, you know, I can't really correct what I've already done. But man, I can sure change my own direction based on what I've studied and what I've learned from these guys here and what we've talked about in this. And it, this has been awesome. And we are in the Baptist Way Press, which is what we're using for the text for this discussion. The Connect 360 pillars still standing after centuries of change. And we're on the 10th commandment, and I'm just going to go around the room, introduce the fellows, and let them give a basic overview of this particular lesson. And with that, I'm going to start out with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Well, we're on the last of the 10 commandments, uh, you shall not covet. I'll let you read the full text uh, when we get around to you. Um, both lines. <laughs> yeah, it's a little longer than, this is than three. This is three lines. This is the three lines in our text. Right. So uh, more words. Um, the, uh, the lesson talks about covetousness, and really, uh, we've been talking about the culture a lot, and the culture really uh, now is always, maybe it's always been, but certainly in our time, it's about creating desire for something, making you want something. Um, and though the, the lesson talks about, you know, what is the path to contentment? Is contentment different from covetousness? Um, what I do want to get, get into is what the culture tells us lead, leads to contentment isn't what really does it. And, and as a case in point, we'll, look at, we'll just look at advertising in general. Oh, no question the, about the it. The idea behind... Now, now everybody, want, everybody wants to be content. There's no, everybody wants happiness, some sublime sense of well-being... What, what you're told is that you can get it through a product. And it's not, it's not the idea that your iPhone can keep you, you know, it's a tool for keeping you in touch or it's a tool for doing that. It's that they sell the iPhone as to how it makes you feel. And so you can identify with the guy in the commercial or the woman in the commercial who's, you know, professional, bopping around town, really hip. You know, because because that's on a skateboard. That's what this because that's the impression. That's you know that's how it'll make you feel, 
Right. Um, but really, what, where, where do we find contentment? And I think that's that's the the, the other question in this. Excellent, professor. So, little. Let me talk about this. So, the two words, and I just want to bring this up because I think it'll help frame our discussion a little bit before I bring up the other part. Um, there's two words that they mention in our text, in the book actually, that are used interchangeably with covet. One is for more, and the idea of somebody is trying to fill up a purse that has no bottom in it, or greed receiving from avarice. The other word that gets translated covet means reaching out for forbidden fruit. <laughs> and so, covetousness leads to basically everything else we've been looking at. I, when, can, when in, in, in the first, yeah. in, in early in Genesis, when, when, I guess, when Eve looks at the apple and she says it looks, it looks desirable, isn't the same, the same exactly. Hoover word exactly. appears there when, as it appears in when this? God when God accepts um, Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's. Mm -hmm. Cain is same thought. Why isn't mine that good? Mm -hmm. Then there's the whole David looking on the rooftop oh, yeah, thing. Right. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. where that leads to mm -hmm. false witness, mm -hmm. murder, <laughs> lust. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, the whole it runs mm -hmm. down the hole again. It's so, the gateway. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and, and so because of that, so in, there, here's a little training trick. If there is something I absolutely, positively, most definitely want you to remember from training, there is two places it goes. It goes in the very front of the training, or it goes in the very back of the training. Or maybe both. Sometimes <laughs> both. What, what I find interesting is the commandments start with, I am the Lord your God. That is, mm -hmm. he brought you out of the land of Egypt. They end with, don't covet. They bookend everything else in this Is this the summary? Because it goes on to say that covetousness leads to the breaking of so many other commandments. And once again, it's those, like Kyle said about false witness last week, the commandments get easier to break as they go down the list. They did. And this is another one that isn't, it isn't, you know, it isn't like murder or adultery or stealing. This one, this one, you know, is a little more difficult. But here's the thing. Covet gets a bad rap. It's always bad. It's all, it says always bad. But you could, you could almost interchange covet with want. Okay. Yep. Now you could want to be more righteous or you could want to be a better person, right? which is not necessarily bad. You know what I'm saying? Whereas covet almost always, I mean, it's mm -hmm. the ugly stepsister yes. of want. It's, it's but, yes. but actually, actually. It, it, it goes to your motive and what you do. Just, but to speak to what you're saying, in, in Hebrew, the, the word covet, as it's translated, is, is a neutral word. It, it appears. It appears as. Um, it appears. It doesn't. It doesn't always in a bad. It doesn't always connote. It isn't, doesn't always connote something bad or like wanting in the wrong way. It's just desire. It's desire. Right. Right. Desire or want. And with that, this is the very last time. If you've been listening to us, <laughs> I've been channeling Charlton Heston from what 1964 in the Ten Commandments. This has been awesome. He's better than me, but uh, I'm going to do it one last time. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox 
or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So, so Steve mentioned advertising. I'm, I'm going to bring up another thing that we've, we've hit on multiple times as we've gone through this that I think is, is increased. The culture is just, the culture's out of control. And, and I use myself as an example. So on Friday, yeah, Friday was November 1st. So on November 1st, I officially started my new period of being CPLP certified for three years. It runs from November 1st to October 31st. So November 1st, 2016 to 2019, October 31st is my first. So I am recertified as a CPLP or certifiable. My wife likes the joke. So I simply went on LinkedIn and put out there, you know, proud to announce that I've been officially recertified as a CPLP for the next three years. That was my post. No picture, mm -hmm. no nothing. I'll admit I got a dopamine rush last several days because I've gotten 98 likes mm -hmm. and 35 comments <laughs> mm -hmm. from people all over well, the country. Well, it's an achievement. It's an yeah, it's no, a, it's it achievement. But, but right. the thing is, someone on the outside looking is, why don't I have that? Well, how do I get that? Well, that's a great conversation, and I'd love to talk to you about it if you're in the training world. But think, take it from another spin. So someone out there and they have put up their Christmas decorations all right. By the way, my photo of my Christmas decorations, they're still in the storage unit. <laughs> but there are people that have put their Christmas decorations out and they're out there posting. And, and, and you're looking at it and you're going, oh my God, my tree's not going to look that good. Well, you know, I really like... Where are you going to go with yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and so, how do I get my tree? Well, I can't afford that. How do I get... What do I? It, it's one of those. It covetousness, like you said. There is some good parts to it. It's right. so, it, but you, you got to worry about where it creates comparing. Right. Exactly. And and, and go well, go ahead. You were, were going to say something. Well, one thing that the author put in this very cool story, and I'll read it real quick. The story attributed to Tolstoy about a poor man who was promised all the land he could walk around in one day. Early one morning, he began to walk as hard as he could. He pushed himself beyond his physical limitations. Near the end of the day, when he had almost circled the broad area of land he would soon acquire, he dropped dead. Many of us spend our life trying to collect all the possessions we can acquire. Finally, when we have circled them, we drop dead. In the parable of the fool, the death angel says, Now, who will own what you have prepared? And I think that gives a very good visual on covetousness, you know, in the bad sense. And, and I was raised on a farm, and, you know, this was one of the things that I never really had a problem with because I, I lived my level, mm -hmm. and we were fairly poor, but we were farmers, and basically everybody was poor, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, so we didn't have that, that kind of comparison. But it's different. I live in a subdivision, mm -hmm. and my kids are. Uh, it's all all the comparisons with everybody on the block. It it is it is seems counterintuitive, but it's true. The research has shown time and time again, poor people are nowhere near as covetous. This are oh, seized no. by seized by envy the way wealthy 
wealthy people. Really? You're putting that yeah, right no, to that, the test. Yeah. You're putting that right to the test. You as a, you know, you had a little community. You had, you had each, I mean, I'm going to make sense. You basically, you had necessities. You, every, it, it was somewhat e right. egalitarian. You didn't, nobody was really, nobody was really that more wealthy than others. But right. even in your average suburban subdivision, who you live around, you're all probably, because you're living where you are, pretty close to the same income level, but right. you're all struggling to outdo each other. And are you be, or that becomes a tension point for those, for the, you know, right. therapy I think you can get under control, but still, it's another bit of tension uh, or stress that, you know, oh, well, so-and-so has a Porsche now, or so-and-so got a Mercedes, what am I gonna do? I've only got a, a, a Toyota, and uh, I gotta feel like I've gotta keep up. And, um, and uh, yeah, but I think what, where, where I, what I was gonna say here is that, because we're talking about desire in itself bad, I think where you have to start reflecting is, is you know, what is it you actually want? What is that something you're coveting it? And yeah, or, or you want, and you might, you know, you might want just a good education for your kids, or you might just want help. What are you, what are you going to sacrifice for it? And you may, you may sacrifice important things for something more important. But at the end of the day, I think the big question to ask, no matter what you want, be it a new car, a new house, health, you've got to answer the question, why is it important to you? And I think, <clears throat> I think when, you get, when you get to the, why, why does somebody want to move to a nicer neighborhood? Mm -hmm. Let, let's start yes. with that. So I grew up on the east side of Houston, a small town called Galena Park, mm -hmm. kind of my experience, and we were all fairly happy there, and we were all basically blue collar, we were as blue collar as you could get. All of our dads worked mm -hmm. on the ship channel, were affiliated industries, the plants, doing all that. Yeah. yeah, you know, doing all that work. Uh, but by the time I was a senior in high school, neighborhood was starting on the downslide, and now, you know, it's it is not a safe neighborhood. If so wanting to make enough money to move out of there to somewhere else because I will be safer, that's good motivation. Dude, that is a, that is a mm -hmm. very good example. I lived in this place called A-Leaf when I first yeah. moved here. Yeah. I'm very familiar <laughs> with A-Leaf. Right, right. And, and it was a nice neighborhood was when you a, moved dude, here. It was a nice neighborhood. <laughs> I, but see, I was stupid. I came from Michigan. I'm not from here. It was an economic migration. I wanted a job. There was no jobs unless I wanted to continue to pick farm in Michigan. <clears throat> I got married, and we had a we had a baby. I'm walking over to the grocery store, and I'm walking through. I I, I like to walk. I'm just <laughs> one of those kind of people, you know. And I'm I'm walking through the parking lot, and I, there's six empty wallets on wow. the parking lot, used wallets. And I looked at that, and I thought, hmm. Probably a little bit of thievery going on around yep. here. And it was at that point in time. Now, I hadn't experienced any of it myself. So that was what, like 95, right? Probably, yeah. 95, and, and, and so, And that was when I made my move to someplace that I perceived as safer. Surely. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that was, and that, that was the thing. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't necessarily prestige, but it was, it was, my life was changing. 
I was growing up. I was. I, I had a wife now. I had a family. I mean, being a single guy, I wouldn't have really cared. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I, I get this, though. You know, you know what I'm saying? But being a man, that, it's that it's isn't. Totally but that, I don't think that's covetousness in in this sense. Because that's not. I think that's a good place to draw the distinction. Yeah. Though. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, now, and okay, well, give, yeah, us, now, give us our bats. Now, yeah, let, let's go back. So I'm living in a leaf. Mm -hmm. And yeah, okay, whatever's going on around there, but you know what? I need to have a Mercedes. Right. And you know what? I don't care if I live in A Leaf. I want the biggest and there are some really big, nice homes in the A Leaf. Very oh, I yeah. I'm very familiar. I lived there for a couple of years too, right. so I'm very mm -hmm. familiar with it. And you know what? I just want to live there because I need to have the biggest, baddest house here mm -hmm. and I'm gonna have the big Cadillac or the Mercedes. Right. Versus, mm -hmm. I need to move to make sure my family is safer. Right. I think that's kind the of mm -hmm. some of the differences, or at the end of the day. So, okay, so follow the stock market. Do I? Yeah, actually, I do. Why do I follow the stock market? Because at some point in my life, I don't want to get up and punch a clock every day right. for someone else. So, mm -hmm. I'm watching my money because I know I have a certain dollar I need to hit to where I can wake up every day and have a similar lifestyle to what I have now, short of going home, short of getting up and going to work every day. Okay. Now, am I trying to get, watch the stock market to get a millionaire because I want a million dollars and I got to have a million? No. That's the, I think that's where the differences come into play. It's when you start wanting things just to have them to do your counting. You know, it, uh, the, the funny thing about it is, uh, the consumerism that we have been led to uh, to make a, make you happy things this thing will make you happy and I'll never forget I had a friend of mine he was I don't remember the exact model of car that he just had to have this particular car it was awesome and he finally bought it and not only did the payment, but the insurance almost put him in the poorhouse. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is, the company came out with a newer, sexier model uh, the next year. Yeah. The next mm -hmm. year. So even that thing that was supposed to bring him happiness, in a way, kind of turned on him when the new model came out. And it wasn't necessarily the Joneses, but it was the automaker it was, that did it. It was, you know, that I got to do it. I got to, you know, I got to yeah. keep up. And that's the kind of, the old, there's always a newer model coming out. That's right. Well, and, and, and part of it is, it, you have to understand kind of how advertising works. Interesting. I was actually on a webinar today mm -hmm. on developing learner personas. And we talked about how marketing develops personas now. Marketing does not really, it used to be back in the day that marketing was trying to target the 25 to 45 year olds mm -hmm. did it making by 75 age bracket. Yeah. to $100,000 mm -hmm. a year. That was the target market. Mm -hmm. Now they're not. They're targeting the mom in San Antonio, Texas, who is slightly overweight that drives a used minivan, who is there for her kids, but stays home because her husband makes enough money, but he drives the newer. They're down to that level when they're doing marketing. Mm -hmm. So you're really super being targeted now because the other part they found out is that, you know, I, I joked earlier about getting my little dopamine hit, looking at how many people liked my post, you know? They are literally targeting people for that 
and it's driving, as you said, this, the consumerism. This is actually, it's a good, this is, this is something that's very, very new. And yes. you see a little bit of the kind of now the pushback, the popular pushback against Amazon, Facebook, because what, what Robert's speaking to now is, yeah, it's no more, it's no more whole, you know, blocks of demographic. It's how can I get Robert and how can I get Bill, who are both fairly close in age, but as, as you read, very different personality types, how do I get them to buy my product? I learn, and I learn a frightful amount about each of you. By what and you then search. Pull your, ah, by search, ah, by what you buy, ah, by what sold. And, and it's yes. not just, ah. let, let me keep you friendly, because I, I, I've been around this. There are, there, are, there are companies within companies within companies that work on basically gathering and classifying information about you, where they know what will push your buttons. Yep, right. And, and how, so they're not just manipulating you on a, a macro scale, which is what advertising do, you know, like to do. They will figure out what is going to make Robert or Bill click on that? So I can and, tell and, you all and this. so yeah, and so that's 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 what you're up against out there in this culture. My, my light stand, my lamp on my nightstand in our bedroom came back and does not work anymore. So we've been doing a lot of Wayfair shopping, refurbishing our refurnishing our house, and so I looked on. I go to bed before my wife does because I get up at four in the morning to go to work. So I thought, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to find one with a nightlight built in. That way I can go to bed and turn the low nightlight on on her side where she can go to bed and get to bed. And I don't have to leave the bright light on, you know, for me to go to bed. And do you know in my freaking Facebook, LinkedIn, Bloomberg page, the Bloomberg page I went to on my work computer that was not searched on by Wayfair has a freaking ad for, for the a exact thing on it. <laughs> I'm like, how did you, I, on my right. Facebook feed I get, I'm trying to figure out how they made the connection to my, to the, I pull up, it's not Bloomberg, it's uh, Breitbart. Big, big chart, bigcharts.com. Mm -hmm. I just pull it up every day and leave it open to watch the, the market's on. Mm -hmm. It's an old habit from working in the finance industry for years. But on that page, they pull up the lamp. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I didn't even search for Lance on my work computer. <laughs> right. And before we get to the hard break, um, I just want to tell this quick story. Um, years ago, I worked for a, uh, a moving company, uh, United Van Lines. And uh, I had a call one day. They said, Bill, we want to get our stuff out of storage. Hey, not a problem. How long has it been here? Six months, you know, typically. It's a 25 years. And they called, and we dug it out of storage. It had been there, and they'd been paying storage Ooh. on items for 25 years. And, you know, I was there when they opened it up. <laughs> like the, it was in good shape, but it was the, the 25. <laughs> it was right. It was, wow. it was 25 year old stuff. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our heartbreak. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment.
Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys. We've been studying the Ten Commandments, and we are on commandment number ten. You shall not covet your neighbor's health, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And, you know, I when, after I, in reading that, I, I get the idea that it's supposed to be all-encompassing, and I think about, don't covet somebody else's life. And be, be authentic enough to live your own life. And I think there's so many people out there that they don't realize what other people are going through through because because they live on online they look at the Facebook feeds and only show them eating at the expensive restaurants <laughs> taking the great mm-hmm. vacations but they don't they don't see their whole life maybe they, they live in an apartment that has nothing and and they're and they're alone because they're saving up for these fabulous vacations you know and there's so many people that they. They only post the frosting, and there's no cake, and and I think that is a big part of this you get commandment. Wrapped into it, yeah, and 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 yeah, like oh, what's there doing? It's it's another depressing part of social media, right there. Um, right, live an authentic life. And um, I think, and unfortunately, my my father was the envied people and resented people's success or and it was kind of sad <laughs> I mean and and um, yeah it just it, it it just seems at you why I mean that's the big question why you've got you've got your own you got yeah. your own thing you've got your own family you've got your own thing going on there's no need to worry about you know, sometimes it's nice to say, you know, well, kind of like Tevye, yeah. if I were a rich man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. But he ends that song, he ends that song with, a, with an address to God. And he basically, right. this is the key, he, he, right. he acknowledges God's sovereignty yeah. in a humorous way. He says, would it spoil your vast eternal plan? He acknowledges right. a plan is there and say, all right, come on, does it have to be this way? But um, so his covetousness isn't driving him. I mean, and yet, yeah, we all we all think about what are we like if we won the lottery, won the World Series of Poker, right. <laughs> won the World Series. I, uh, I've never dreamed of that. Uh, you know, I've never thought of. Oh, but, it, but but it's and, and you're right. It's funny when you look at social media. So a friend of mine at work and I were joking about she moved and she took a picture of the nice table setting. Oh. <laughs> and sent it to a friend. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, that's amazing. Y'all moved in and you're already there? And then she sent her the second picture, which from the other angle, which is the table with all the junk piled up and thrown in the background. You know, but it, it, it does create a false sense as you're looking, and it's mm-hmm. a false sense that it does make us want other mm-hmm. things, cause, and, and it's beyond the advertising. Right. You know, it's really there. And, and I think, and, and I, what I'd really like, I think we ought to talk about a little bit is, is how do you get to the contentment? Well, I can tell you I this. That is where mm-hmm. this come. This come. How do you how do you get content with where you live? Is just fine. My dad. My dad was funny, and uh, he was he was uh, he was content in his own skin. 
and he kind of taught me this kind of stuff. And one time in particular, I'll never forget it. We're we're in, we're in our old stock truck, you know. Um, basically, I, I always tell tell people that. Uh, Farmers are a funny breed. They get their new truck. It's their nice new truck. And then it gets beat up a little bit. It becomes their work truck. Becomes gets beat up even more. It becomes the manure truck. And then they sell it to my dad. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, uh, and, but we were one time, we were going through town, and there was a beautiful new truck with chrome rims on it. It was brand new. It was beautiful. I go, I go, man, dad, that looks great. Wouldn't you like to have that? He goes, I wouldn't want the payments. And a beautiful woman stepped out of it. I go, man, Dad, isn't she beautiful? What you like that? He goes, I wouldn't want the payments on that either. <laughs> but he was he was content in his own skin. And I think as men, it's up to us. We we set the example. We set it for our kids. And they, because there's going to be all sorts of peer pressure. I remember uh, my wife was talking with a, uh, a teacher of our children and she said the, the biggest things that the poor kids, they, the poor kids have every new shoe, uh, gaming uh, system, electronic device. They may not have food. Mm-hmm. Or or a decent house, but they but their parents try to take care of them to make sure that they have the latest and greatest as far as like labels and outward things. But, but that is that is that is so sad in its own way. And I'm not trying to be I'm not being judgmental. I'm just showing kind of the end result of what this points to. They think they're doing right by their kids. Yeah, right. By giving Absolutely. Them, by giving them, you know, they don't. Their kids don't need a Game Boy. Their kids need a good meal. Their kids don't right. need the. And I mean, I know they they because they they probably remember themselves when they oh they didn't. Have, I remember when I was school and I didn't have such and such a thing and right. I felt bad. But and again, and I think yes, they're giving them the, and and that is, and and, and I'm not going to say it's not hard because you know you don't want to see your kid unhappy. But you got to balance that. Basically, you're to me. You're buying in by saying, "Okay, uh, since you everybody, all the kids in your class have this, you're going to have this now." And and rather than saying, "In in our house, we don't have to worry about that. We 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 do. Yep, uh, we read books. We we have you know we have music. We do other things to entertain ourselves." Right. And um, it, it it always cracked me up because when we were growing up. My kids would go to their friends' houses that had mm-hmm. the, and and we do not have a bad house by any stretch of the imagination, especially now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we didn't have two stories with a game room and a living room and a dining room and a separate. You know, we didn't have all that. And everybody was like, "Well, yeah, with your new wife's income, you should move, and because y'all could y'all could live in a bigger, better house." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I'd spend money on that." And instead, one summer, my oldest son went to a band camp. Mm-hmm. Two scout camps, a church camp, mm-hmm. and we did a week-long trip to Arkansas mm-hmm. and, and camped out in the middle right. and dug for diamonds. Right mm-hmm. now, is my kid going to remember I had a really nice game room upstairs, or is my kid going to remember? remember that. And my That's... kids, my kids still talk about one or two of the trips where we made as a family where we did crazy camping stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, versus remembering, oh, well, we had that really nice house. No, they but see, remember. that's and that's that's the thing I really think about this lesson. 
Live authentically. Yes. Because honestly, my wife, camping to her is no AC. Okay. I mean that's. I mean that. I mean that's as that that's as close to camping as mm -hmm. my family gets. But live authentically, and we do the stuff that is meaningful mm -hmm. for our family, and it's unique to our family, mm -hmm. and we're content in our skin. Mm -hmm. And I think th that brings us authentic happiness as opposed with trying mm -hmm. to be and compete with other people that mm -hmm. we don't share their values. And, and yeah, well, well, it's like... Um, I think that's the best word I've heard is authentic. And, 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 well, well, in Philippians, I mean, actually, Paul himself, he calls it a secret. He's learned the secret. In, in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 12 through 13, uh, he writes, Paul writes, um, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. Yes, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Both, both, both ends. And he says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. He, he, he turns it over to faith, which, of course, kind of 2,000 years down the line is kind of a churchy answer. But we see throughout, throughout his other letters, we can see what he means by uh, looking to that strength. And I think it, it's, it, we start, authenticity, gratitude and thanksgiving. Um, just, just always, you know, always try to be thankful for something. Not try to gloss over bad things that are happening to you, but that, you know, somebody's there. And on the other foot, I have some notes, share joys, be happy for people, share grieving. Um, and all, all of that in, is, I think, part of this idea of putting aside the covetousness and, and moving toward a contentment. And I think that as men... So many, so many people want us. There's times like, I mean, this week, I've had a rough. I've had a rough week, and people say, "Bill, cheer up." I don't want to cheer up. I'm in the middle of. You know what I'm saying? I am being authentic because I am pissed because things have not been going my way. I do not want to cheer up, and they people are trying to like. At work, they're trying to get me to come out of my shell because I'm I'm normally an extrovert, but I'm I'm dealing with these issues and my mind is just going a hundred miles an hour. It, it just seems like this week, if I'm not solving a problem, I'm creating a problem, or every problem I solve creates two more. It, it's just kind of the way the week has been, but that's the way I am. That's it. I don't want to be the guy. That is just the milk toast. Yeah, hey, you know, that is that is not it. That's not the life. And when you're when you're being a man out there, I, I think so much of it, not only coveting is. I mean, it's not only about stuff. It's about what other people have and what other people do. Mm -hmm. Don't do it if you don't feel that way. Don't do it. Well, it, it, it's what you said at the beginning. It, it's about living authentic and realizing where you are and then using where you are to create those family members, those family, sorry, mem memories. 
to create, you do that for you so that your family can enjoy and have those remembrances. And in a way that builds your faith lesson. And I think that's where we're called as men to really lead out in that and, and be countercultural. For God's sake, we've been talking about this for 11 weeks now, counting right. the first. Right. And you talked about our culture is full of nihilism now. Oh, yeah, that, I, I mean, remember that's, that's that. That's the ongoing theme yeah, of this. It, it is. That is you know, you know, if <laughs> Nothing the, matters except one, what you feel like at the moment. Yeah. Right. Number one, acknowledge Absolutely. there's God. Mm-hmm. Number two, you know, don't put anything in front of him. Number mm-hmm. three, you know, we have social mores. We have to exist within mm-hmm. this world. You know, find some rest time for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to always be super busy. Guys, we're the worst mm-hmm. at that. It's okay to be down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Take some downtime. You know, don't don't murder physically mm-hmm. or spiritually or mentally or any other way. Don't steal <laughs> intellectually. Don't go rob a bank, but don't steal your boss's ideas either mm-hmm. and put them out there as yours. You know, don't go trying to jump every little piece of tail that's running around. You know, mm-hmm. don't want things that really aren't yours. You know, find ways to go put the hard work in to go get your own thing. You know, it, it, it's mm-hmm. all about resetting the culture that we're in now back to a, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. less hurried, less mm-hmm. AI'd, I'll go ahead and mm-hmm. use the yeah. you know mm-hmm. world where hey you know what we're all in this together we're all going to do together we're all part of one big great faith family and we're supposed to move forward as a community you know well, and faith as as faith as an individual forward, yeah. should be comforting to you yeah. as you go on this faith journey it should be comforting to you but then or then in a corporate setting because you're all people of faith it should be comforting to those people as they have their own struggles you see i mean and and, and that's the thing it's not that it necessarily makes it easier it's just a little bit more comforting that someone else understands what you're going through. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of what we're called to do, not only for ourselves, but for the other people of faith around us. Bring it out, yeah. And this is podcast number 129. We're going to just go around the room and uh, get some final thoughts, uh, not only on the 10th commandment, but uh, basically on the overall study. And... uh, Start with Mr. Steve Titch. Shuffling through my notes. Well, it's really the, the, the Ten Commandments aren't, aren't about rules. They're, they're guidelines for liberation. Um, and this final one, covetousness, if really it's a, it's a, to, to tie it back to the first commandment, because you end up, you really, you really should, it's hard, you really want... What you want first and foremost is your relationship with God. And, you know, as humans, we always fall short of that. But if you start pursuing something, thinking it's going to give you what God promises can give you, you you'll be disappointed in the end. You'll want more of it. It will, it will fall short. Uh, and that's especially with material things or even certain emotional things. i got to marry that guy. i got to marry that woman. i got to have... 
I got to have this, you know, it, it's even even beyond the simple, you know, material stuff. Uh, I'm going to close with one thought. Uh, J.R. Tolkien was a Christian, and Lord of the Rings is full of Christian imagery and Christian themes. Um, but if you want to find the personification of covetousness in this, it's Gollum. Um, I knew he was going to do was, that. <laughs> he was utterly destroyed by his desire that he didn't even understand. It's, the ring possessed him, and the ring could symbolize a lot of things, including sin, but all Gollum wanted was the ring, which when he had it, he hid it away anyway. Uh, and it, it, he was consumed by it, as, as you know in the story, and he was a miserable wretch, and he had once been a, been a hobbit-like creature at one time, we learned. Um, there it is. That's what, and, and, and that's in dramatic, literal terms, but that's what Kavit's this the, the end result could be. Outstanding, <laughs> Professor. I, I just want to thank Steve for letting me geek out on Lord of the Rings for a moment. <laughs> um, I'm just going to finish out with two verses of Scripture, and I'm going to read them backwards. Um, they're from Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, and then verse 2. So I'm going to kind of do them in backwards order. So in verse 5, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And then back to two. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And really, it boils down to that. You know, God calls us to a new life. And, you know, we, we kind of joke with the youth a lot about being called to be in the world but not of the world. And we really are called to set a different standard. We're called to turn around and look away from this crazy culture that we're living in where your worth is valued on your Facebook likes and your number of Instagram posts and how many times you get retweeted to a life that's called to be authentic that other people can really look at and really live to be a part of. And I think that is what we're really called for as Christians. And that's really what these past 11 weeks have been all about, as we've talked about this with the commandments. And, and it's funny, I'm kind of like you, Bill. I thought this was going to be really hard because, you, <laughs> for God's sake, we only got one little verse we got to do with every time. And these have been some of the most meaningful discussions we've had from a culture standpoint because you know we've not been afraid to look it in the eye and look at the culture and say guys as Christian men and leaders we are called to look at the culture and say it's wrong what we're doing what we're experiencing what we're going out with what how we're approaching it is wrong and and guess what if you look at what's going on in society and in the world it's not working <laughs> badly not working like, horribly not working. Like, so much not working. Yeah, the drug cartel deal, deal down in Mexico right now, if you, just to kind of date a little bit, the uh, there was a shootout in Mexico City, I believe. I think it was on the road somewhere. Yeah, this is somewhere, the border, yeah. yeah, right? yeah it, was, nine, it was on the road nine, somewhere. Nine Americans Fairly killed. Very close to the border, but, but yeah, yeah, it was a whole family. Yeah, whole family wiped out. wiped out by the cartels. Children, kids, babies. Yeah. You know, and why? Oh, because 
They're a, and, and why are the cartels powerful? The cartels are powerful because there are Americans looking for their latest fix because they can't deal with life as it exists right now. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it's learn to accept where we are. Learn to be authentic with your life. Where you are <clears throat> is where you are. When you fantasize and you do drugs and that drug may be a material item or it may be an actual drug when it wears off where are you you're back where you are <clears throat> this is man up man up podcast number 129 uh my name is bill cox i'm the host and director and this has been a great discussion on the ten commandments and uh, I, it, for me, it was it was fairly convicting. Uh, I, I looked at my past uh, because of it, and with a little bit of luck and work, I'm going to be better in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, <clears throat> we are on iHeartRadio. We're also on iTunes. Uh, all of our episodes are archived on SoundCloud. Uh, we have a Facebook page that is at man-up where you can go ahead and uh, pose a question. We'll go ahead and uh, handle it here on the Man Up podcast. And we also have a website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com. We encourage each and every one of you, and <clears throat> if you're ever in the Sugarland area, stop in. We'd be more than happy to uh, welcome you here, Sugarland Baptist Church. <clears throat> But also want to encourage you to get involved in a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and join an adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school class and find a men's only group where you can have small group discussions, kind of like what we have here, and <clears throat> get authentic. And if there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want anything. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.